Welcome to the Gospel 101 podcast. This is Pastor Tom, and this is week three of the Gospel 101 course that we're going through together. And this week is entitled Design for Good. We're working out of True Story, a Christianity Worth Believing in by James Chung. So in this section, this first part really of True Story, where it's getting down into the nitty gritty of what will be this narrative gospel presentation that James Chung is trying to put together, we catch up with Caleb on the other side of this sort of crisis of faith that he's experienced. And the reason why he's experienced this sort of crisis of faith is because he feels as though he doesn't understand what the gospel is any longer. And this comes about, as you'll remember, from a conversation that he had with Anna in which she highlights all these problems that are going on in the world and the blindness that Christians seem to have towards those real issues. And this is something that uh, Caleb even experiences in his interactions with the pastor of his church, in which the pastor was more excited about um, a girl who shared her faith and invited her friend to come to church over the summer versus his experience kind of just touching down for a couple of weeks in the Philippines, reaching out to some people who were basically living in a dump. Um, and the basic crisis that Caleb is having is one that centers on this sort of explanation of the gospel in which the gospel is just simply explained as this sort of image in which we are standing on one cliff separated from God who is on another cliff. The chasm standing in between us is our sin. And the way that that chasm is closed is through Jesus and us being able to pass through onto the other side because of Jesus' death on the cross. And Caleb recognizes that that this this depiction is true in many ways, and yet he has a lot of other questions because it seems as though that if that's simply all that the gospel is, is if it's simply about Jesus dying, taking away our sins, and so then we don't have to worry about um, facing eternal punishment, then why then must we live a good life? Why must we care about those who are suffering? And so this leads him on a journey in which he reaches out to a professor at his school, Sherlandra Jones, and she begins kind of guiding him along, helping him along, and being able to see a more complete picture of the gospel. And so the way in which she does that first is really setting before Caleb the good design that God has always intended for his creation. Um now, I w- hopefully you've read the material, so I just want to prompt you right now to just try to reflect what does Professor Sherlandra Jones highlight for Caleb in God's good design for creation? What is she trying to bring to Caleb's attention? As you think about it, you'll remember that what she persistently refers Caleb to was the fact that God originally created everything good, that 
he call when God creates something, he simply speaks into existence and of every single part of it, he says, this is good, this is good, this is good. And then of his human creation, he says, this is very good. And particularly what she notes is that the relationships that existed between all of the creatures within creation, humans with the rest of the creation, humans between God, creation, and its relationship with God, all these were in right standing. And while she doesn't put it in quite this way, another way that you could describe these relationships, you could describe them, describe them as being just relationships, because that's really what justice is all about. Justice really comes down to relationships and people being standing in right relationship and with one another and ultimately human standing in right relationship with God. It's a question of is everyone getting what they deserve? Now, there's two different sides of that. Um, if someone isn't receiving something that they are due, uh, protections for their life, just basic human respect, uh, a basic respect for someone's life, then that's something that's unjust. And we see that how that occurs in a variety of ways from abortion to genocide to all sorts of ways and where we see those kind of unjust circumstances. But we also see how people getting what they deserve, that that's just that can also look like evil being punished. But when we're talking about the, in the beginning of God's good design, there is no evil in God's creation. And so there's only really the positive sense of that justice. And so we can speak of God's shalom, of everything being at peace, not just a simple sort of quietness, but everything being as it ought to be. And so this is how, this is the sort of vision that Shalandra gives to Caleb right from the outset. And this is very useful for Caleb because it gives him a tool to be able to enter into a conversation with Anna. Now, let's remember what was Anna's primary concerns and primary point of consternation. Anna's primary point of concern was the injustices going on throughout all of the world. And so what Caleb does is he approaches Anna and basically says, you know, what's something that we can all agree on? And the way that he does that is he asks, you know, is there anything wrong with this world? And she says, yes. And she goes on and she lists all, you know, X, Y, and Z, all these, uh, just a huge list of all sorts of things that are wrong in this world. And that's a really great example, I think, for us in the conversations that um, we might come into with others. When we think about how in the world can I get in a conversation with someone about the gospel, a really good starting point is to just simply point out that, hey, this world is messed up. That's something that we can all pretty much agree on. And Caleb uses that point of agreement in, in order to point to something else that is, uh, that is desired. If we don't like the way that the world, if we don't like the world the way that it is, is because we desire 
something that is better, something that is fuller, something that is complete and good and just and, and whole. And he describes this in terms of hunger, and this is actually um, drawing from an example that C.S. Lewis gives. And the basic idea is that is this, is that if I hunger for something, if I have this experience of hunger, it's because there must be something that exists to satisfy that hunger. If I hunger for food, it's because there's food that exists that will satisfy it. And so in the same way, if I hunger for goodness and justice and peace and all these different things, that must mean that that sort of world exists, that that this is... This is what ought to be and could be. And so pointing that out, pointing out the fact that, okay, we all agree that something is wrong. We all have this desire for something that is better. Caleb takes Anna back to the beginning and says, look, in the beginning, God created this world to be that world which we desire. He created everything good. And we can see this when, aside from the description that Professor Jones gives, in your reading of Genesis 1 through 2, how does God describe his creation? He describes every piece of it good. And all the relationships within creation are in good standing. And then we consider what was the purpose that God created humans for? We find it in Genesis 1. Verse 26 through 27 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then also in verse 28, it says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we see that in the beginning, God created man. And man is inclusive of male and female because it says God created man and made them male and female. And God created mankind in order to be basically his representatives in this creation. He created us to have dominion over this earth. And when, this, when the Bible's talking about dominion, it's not a sort of tyrannical sort of dominion, but rather it's the sort of dominion that looks more like our caretaker, more like a gardener. And it makes sense. Because where do we find Adam and Eve placed but in a garden? And so God says, name the animals. Take care of my creation. Go out and fill it and be fruitful and multiply. This is the purpose for which God had created mankind. And yet, we don't see that today. We see so much corruption. We see so much carelessness, not only in our relationships with uh, one another as human beings and our carelessness in our relationship with God, but also just simply with the rest of creation of how we fail to care for the earth and care for those who are to come after us. Um, and this is something that excites Caleb because he recognizes that this is something that can speak 
to Anna. This speaks directly to her concerns. And I think this is something that's especially important for us to recognize ourselves when we think about how we're going to go out into the world and talk about the good news, about the gospel. Because if the gospel is something that is completely about exclusively about the afterlife, then we have to ask, well, what relevance does it have for today? And I think that's the basic question that so many people in our world are asking is, okay, so what is all this Christian stuff? You know, that's great. I know you got your afterlife insurance, but what does that mean for us here today? And what Genesis tells us is that actually what it's telling us is that God has always cared about his creation. And that when we're thinking about salvation in the end, it's going to look like a creation that is restored. And I'm getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because James Chung is going to bring us there. But the fact that God designed his creation to be good actually helps answer the kind of question that Caleb asks of Pastor Jeff on page 45, he asks him, he says, well, what are we saved for? So we all recognize that in Christ we're saved from destruction, that we're given eternal life. But aside from just perpetual life, what have we actually been saved for? Is there any purpose to it all? Is there any purpose in our salvation? And... While the connection isn't made explicit here, I think if you look closely, you can see that this question of what we are saved for is related to this presentation of God's good design that Caleb gives to Anna. It's this idea that God has saved us in order to be those sorts of people that he originally created created us to be, those perfect image bearers who are treating our fellow human beings who are treating this creation with love and care and who love God with all of our hearts. This is what we have been saved for because this is what we have been created for. And if our salvation is anything less than restoring us to what we've been created for, then it's really a very lackluster sort of salvation. It's a sort of salvation that seems to come up short of true and full redemption. And so this is the direction that James Chung is taking us in. And this section of the narrative basically concludes with as much as Caleb has described that how God has designed things for good. It is apparent because it was brought up from the very beginning that the fact is that while the world as we see it now is very evil. And so this is acting as a segue into the next section in which we're going to be looking at how the creation has been damaged by evil. This is going to be pages 77 through 116 that you're going to be reading. And then some good scriptures to read along with that are Genesis 3 and chapter 6, 1 through 7, and Judges 2, verses 7 through 23, Isaiah 1, and Romans 1, 16 through 2, 1. So all these scriptures will provide a great 
backdrop and rather probably more proper way to put it is a foundation for everything that you're going to read in this section of true story. Um, But as you're going along, just try to know how each section fits as a piece of this puzzle of telling the story of the gospel. And also pay attention to the diagrams. Remember this week when we're talking about God's design for creation, how he designed it to be good. It starts off as just a simple circle and you have a picture of two humans who are close to one another in that inner circle, which is representing God's own presence. Everything is as it should be, but we recognize that things aren't going to stay that way. So in our next meeting, we're going to get together and I look forward to meeting with you to discuss this section damaged by evil. Well, that is all for now. I will see you soon. Over and out.